0: Football fans, let's go. Super Bowl 58 is the biggest game of the season, and it's finally happening, which means this is the last weekend of the year to get your football bets in. So we've teamed up with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5, $5, and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Instantly. And all customers can bet on Super Bowl 58, and they get it matched in a bonus bet as well. So download the DraftKings app now. You can sign up using my promo code, BullyBall, your shot at the crown. Wondering what you can use your $200 in bonus bets on? Well, combine multiple bets together from Super Bowl 58 for a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can get a new customer bonus. Use my promo code BULLYBALL and bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. And all customers can bet on Super Bowl 58 and get it matched in a bonus bet themselves. That's promo code BULLYBALL, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Welcome to Bully Ball presented by DraftKings. I'm Rachel Nichols. That is, of course, DeMarcus Cousins. And first of all, I want to compliment you on the greenery behind you, book. I really <laughs> adds a lovely, warm touch to the pod. I'm very happy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And also note <laughs> that you and the plant are not in Taiwan. You are back. You are back uh, in the States.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, it was an amazing experience. I had an incredible time out there. Um, so much hospitality, uh, so much love. People just... You know, genuinely, genuinely nice out there. And uh, like I said, I had an amazing experience. So, uh, you know, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back home with the fam, but, uh, you know, back to the regular schedule.
0: I have to tell you, it pained me for the entire few weeks you were over there to not know what a beer leopard was. We discussed it, (laughs) and I did some research while you were on an airplane. I know what it is. Do you know?
1: I still don't know. I I don't. (laughs) I, I, I don't. Please let me I would love to know.
0: (laughs) So the team you played for, for those who have not been caught up, was called the Taiwan Beer Leopards. And I kept Mm -hmm. I want to know what's a beer leopard, what's the logo of a beer leopard, what does it look like? And finally I got some answers. I did some reporting. The team is not actually called the Beer Leopards. (laughs) It's the Taiwan Beer, which is a brand
2: leopards. Yes, Who knew? yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the Taiwan beer is actually really, really good, by the way. So, uh, is it? Not mad at it. Oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so... Oh, that makes sense this, now. That that does make sense.
0: It leaves a hole in the marketplace, though, because now I am determined to design like a beer leopard logo and get some team to wear it because it's such <laughs> a good idea. Wouldn't that merch sell? Be I believe. Like a so, leopard absolutely. drinking yeah, like absolutely. a six pack. They, they actually have something.
1: some. They actually have some really dope merch over there. So. uh you know, adding to it, I don't think it would be a bad play at all. No, not See, at all. See,
0: there you go, there you go. I just want to know, I'm here for you. If, if there's, you, <laughs> if you have a question, I will find out the answer. All right, um, we got some really bummer news yesterday. First up, Joel Embiid. He is in fact going to have knee surgery. It will keep him out for a quote extended period of time. And when I say extended, and uh, one of the stories I read, a source said that. Uh, it's not out of the question. They won't rule out that he'll return this season. Normally you mm-hmm. want the other way, right? So the idea that they're even thinking about that is just it's, – it's frustrating, right? If you saw the season that he had. If you look at the turn of events that led up to this, he got hurt at the end of a game against the Warriors – Clearly having trouble with it in the next game that they played. I think it was against the Pacers. And then Mm -hmm. the the next game after that was that game in Denver where he sat out. And you remember just the absolute furor around the league, on the internet, everywhere was, you know, people calling him a coward because he hadn't played Nikola Jokic in Denver since 2019. Um, There was a ton of question marks now against did he even belong to still be in the MVP race. Uh, It was a lot. It was, it was a mm-hmm. lot, and, and Joel, as we know, is very online. Uh, he pays attention <laughs> to what's on Twitter and Instagram and, and, and TikTok and all that stuff. Um, he loves to chip in himself sometimes, so I'm sure he heard all of this stuff. People right. questioning his manhood, questioning how he was as a player, not saying he was like the old players you know, who used to play the 82 games and all that. So then he went out and played on it and, of course, tore his meniscus. So I guess, Boogie, what I want to ask you is what kind of pressure – do you feel he felt he was under? Do you think it had a role in him actually playing that last game?
1: I absolutely, I absolutely think it played a role in it. Um, like you said, he he is a guy that pays attention to what's being said. And, um, you know, that's not always a bad thing. Um, some guys enjoy the criticism. The criticism, you know, allows you to, you know, kind of put that fire underneath you to, you know, play better or reach that yeah, goal. Yeah, Michael Jordan, case, right? Matthew. Famously read everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh um, You know, it is a very unfortunate situation and uh, it it, it goes back to the 65 game rule. Um, I believe Joel was the front runner for another MVP season and, uh, you know, it sucks that it had to end this way. And uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, Joel playing 50 games and completing the season is not only better for the league, the fans, but also for the Philadelphia organization. I'd rather have a MB playing 50 games compared to one pressing to, to meet a 65-game criteria and possibly mm-hmm. had these type of results. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's very unfortunate. I mean, and you understand why the league is trying to do it. You're trying to put a Band-Aid over something that's been an issue for the past couple of years. So, uh I think they're going to continue to try to experiment with this or I would suggest that they try to keep experimenting with it, just to try to find the, the perfect mixture for not only the players but for the fans as well. We all, we all want to see the big fella on the floor. Like I said, it's better for the NBA. It's better for the fans. It's better for the game in general. So mm-hmm. uh, this is an unfortunate situation and uh, we got to go back to the drawing board and figure out what's the best balance for these players and these fans.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been on my soapbox about this since when they passed the rule last year. Talked about it again at the beginning of the season. I don't understand this, not because, as you said, I understand why they want to curb load management. I understand the fans who are so frustrated when they buy a ticket to see someone and they don't show up. All of those things. I agree. That is a problem we need to solve. I just don't think this 65 game rule has anything to do with solving that problem because we have already seen that guys aren't necessarily coming back from injury early in order to hit those 65 games. So it's not working. It's not doing it. And the one guy who did, the one guy who did try to do it, got a lot more hurt. And he's a yes. huge star that the league won't have for the next, you know, chunk of the season and maybe, you know, for the end of the season. So I, I just – it's not working. The one time it did work, it ended up in disaster. And, you know, I think the people who are like, oh, if he doesn't play 65 games, he shouldn't be considered anyway – that's possibly true, but there is a difference between having a, a hard mark that's in your head that everyone is talking about all the way around you all weekend, you're getting all this pressure, versus just the idea that, hey, the fewer games you play, the less you'll be in contention for MVP. It's very different to me if it's a hard and fast number. And of course, he wouldn't have been considered for MVP if he played you know 58 games, 50 games. People are being so silly when they're kind of taking mm-hmm. it to that extreme. It just doesn't need to be a hard number that's putting this kind of pressure on people. And in general, it's not working. So why don't we find something that works? For me, as, as I've said to you, like I think it's got to start with ownership. I think the owners need to look out for their own house. If you don't like, as an owner, that you're losing TV money over the fact that guys don't play, make your own guys play. Not when they're hurt, but when they're resting, that type of thing. So I, I just I, – it starts with them. Don't expect Adam Silver to be the only grown-up in the room here. He, he's not a babysitter. And I, I think what happened to Joel is just – it's so – like he was playing so great. Yeah, he was scoring yes. a point a minute, Boogie, a point a minute. No one has done that since Wilt. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> Man, that's unfortunate. That's, that's really unfortunate.
0: And it's a bummer for the Sixers, of course, as well. They're 26 and 8 with Joel. Without Joel, they are 4 and 10. They are fifth in the East right now. But, I mean, there's a lot of teams around them who are making a lot of strides the Cavs, the Knicks, obviously. Now they're looking ahead up at them. Does Philly, which had such the hot start to the season, they're definitely considered one of the Eastern Conference's elite teams, do they now have to worry about falling into the play in book or worse?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, the record speaks for itself. They're 4-10 without the big fella. So uh, it's definitely a cause of concern. And um, they're going to have to make some moves to just keep this team afloat till the big fella returns, if he even returns. So uh, it's definitely something that they need to, you know, put some urgency behind. And, uh, you know, now it kind of changes the whole trajectory of of their season because obviously you can make moves – that, that fit well with Embiid on the floor. But now you have to make a move just to keep the team afloat while Embiid is absent. So um, they definitely have a tough task on their hands and finding that right, you know, combination of players or the right solution is, is it's going to be a tough one. But uh, I think it's possible and um, they got some things to figure out moving forward. Absolutely.
0: See, I think they might go the other way. And then, look, we don't know what the actual projection is for Joel to be out. Maybe it's only, you know, Maybe it's less than we think, but if it is really a substantial part of what's left in the season, if I'm Daryl Morey, I might just sort of say, "Okay, it's a shame, but this is what it is. The reality is that we're not going to, you know, win the Eastern Conference this season. So let's just wait until the summer to make any moves that we're going to make. They'll have even more ammo. They've been saving a ton of cap space for this coming summer. And start again when Joel Embiid is fresh and ready to go at the beginning of next season, hopefully. I mean, we saw this with Jamal Murray in Denver a few years ago when he got hurt. They definitely thought, the Nuggets, that that was going to be the year that they won the title. And Jamal got hurt, and it just put everything on hold, but they stuck with what they had. They played the guys they had, and, uh, you know, with some few alterations around the margins, that's the team that won the NBA championship. So, I... There is there is an argument for just sort of cutting the bait and saying, okay, you know, this sucks. It's not what we wanted, but let's not make it worse by spending assets to chase after something that if if Joel's not there most of the year, rest of the year, like, I, I just, they're not, they're I, not going anywhere. I agree so. with
1: that, Rach. I agree with that, Rach. And it's not an absolute fail for them this season. Obviously, they... They got a brand new all-star in Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. Um, he can finish out the year, continue to build his confidence, continue to, you know, show he's, you know, he's at that point in his career where he's ready to, you know, take over and, and be that second option for a championship team. So uh, not all went wrong for this team this season, and um, that's, not a, that's not a bad approach with how to finish out this season. Sit back, continue to develop the guys, and, you know, plan for this next season. I, I think – I think them taking that that sample of what Denver did, I think that's not a bad play for them either. So uh, I can agree with that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and look, they know better than any of us. If Joel's going to be back in four to six weeks, that's a different story. But right. um, certainly didn't sound like that from, from a bunch of the reporting around it yesterday. And that leaves opportunities, my friend, for teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they are 13-2 and in their last 15 games. Best record in the NBA over the last six weeks. Mobley and Garland, they both returned within the last three games. So now they are pretty much healthy. But you also have to look at before that when Donovan was just more than holding it down. He was playing so well um they're currently in third place they're only one game behind the bucks is it time to think especially with philly sort of possibly dropping out here that the Cavs are a true contender to be in the eastern conference finals to win the east to be in the finals w- what do you think are they in the position where they should make a deadline deal to to up that
1: uh i think this is a team that can make a lot of noise obviously they weren't healthy in the beginning of the season Uh, missing two key pieces in your starting lineup is gonna have that type of effect on any team no matter who's on the floor and uh credit to Donovan for keeping everything afloat while he you know his partners were missing in crime but um when it comes to this Cavs team I think I think they're perfect where they are um I don't I don't see any moves really improving or, or making this team worse so I'm comfortable saying this team should stay where it is. Uh, You know, let your guys continue – let your returners continue to get into a rhythm, find their rhythm, uh, keep building the chemistry with the team. And, um, you know, by the end of the year, this is a scary team. So, uh, uh, I think they stay put and um, just, you know, play this season out and just keep getting better with each game.
0: Look, I, I think it's unquestioned at this point. We've played, you know, more than half the season. The Celtics are the class of the conference, right? I mean, they're the team to beat in the East. Absolutely. But you look at the Cavs, only one game behind the bucks and we're about to talk about the trade deadline. If the Bucks don't do anything significant at the deadline, that Cavs team is very feisty and definitely would be a challenge to them with the way that Milwaukee's defense have been and all the ways that, that the Cavs can attack. I I don't know. I think it's going to be very interesting. And, of course, the Knicks as well, what happens over the next few months in the East. But it's a, it's just a huge shakeup that's about to happen here. And according to Tankathon, the Cavs are 21st in terms of having the toughest remaining schedule. So, definitely bottom third of the league. That that means that they'll have a, an easier remaining schedule. The Celtics, by the way, are 29th. <laughs> um, so, uh, they, have, they have the most coasting schedule, but still yes. – uh, <laughs> Still, I, if you look at the the games left, I mean that's we're we're getting to that time of year. People think the All Star break is the midway point in the season. It's not. It, it's almost two thirds of the way through the season, and the Cavs definitely have an open road here with a healthy bench, a, a healthy starting group, and the twenty first toughest schedule. So that means the ninth easiest schedule in the league going forward. I, I don't know, man. I'm impressed with that team. I agree. Um, all right. We do need to talk about the Bucs because <laughs> first we have to mention what happened with Doc Rivers. He is one and three so far with the Bucks as we sit here. And yet, he has been named the East Conference All-Star Coach, <laughs> Buggy. <laughs> I, I want to explain for people who are not caught up that honor goes to the coach of the best team with the best record in the conference every year by a certain date. Um, but the exception is if you coached in the previous year. You don't have to do it again because coaches actually like having that week off. So um, Boston staff, they would normally be named the coach of the Eastern Conference team this year, but they actually did it last year. So then- it falls to the coach of the next team in the standings, which, as we just said, is Milwaukee. Um, That is how Doc got the honor. It is, of course, on the basis of Adrian Griffin's work. And Doc knows this is silly. He was asked over the weekend about it, and he seemed as unhappy as everyone else. He said, quote, it's ridiculously bad. He said, it really is. He also told our friend Mark Stein that he intends to give Griff the all-star ring and bonus money that comes with the spot, First of all, what did you think when you heard this? And we got to talk about what might be done about it.
1: Uh, I mean, I I couldn't agree less with uh, Doc. This is a a silly situation. Um, You can't blame Doc for it. If anything, I blame the league for putting Doc in this situation. Um, I think Doc is handling this situation the best way possible. Uh, You know, giving him his check, giving him his ring for, you know, the honors that he did, you know, get for this past season. Um, but I feel like it was so many other options they could have went with besides putting Doc in this situation. Uh, I mean, Nick Nurse could have been the coach this year. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff. there's so many options as to who could have filled that spot. But just, you know, going a step below. Um, like I said, I think Doc handled it the best way possible, but they definitely put him in a situation. To where it makes him be the scapegoat or look like the bad guy, and that's just not the—that's not the reality of the situation.
0: Yeah, it's super unfortunate, and and I know what the rule is, and, and I just talked about it. The rule is you go to the next coach, the next team down, and the coach of that team. But I think this is the kind of year where. It- it's an odd situation and you have to make an exception. And if I had been the league office, I would have, you know, had a phone call with doc first. If he was going to be like, no, I deserve it. It's mine. Maybe you don't touch it. But of course that's not how he was going to be. We all know doc rivers. He wouldn't want to do something like that. I I agree. He's very genuine in this. And, and maybe you step in and say, great, you know, because of the unusual circumstances, you know, Boston's coaching staff is not going because of the rule. Milwaukee's coaching staff is not going because the head coach who earned the honor is no longer with the organization so we are going to the next team. And, and as you said, like, I just – J.B. Bickerstaff would love that honor, right? And he's earned Absolutely. it considering he, all of his work and enough. sweat. He is – exactly. I mean, this guy has been a stalwart on coaching staffs around the league and then done the work with Cleveland. I mean, he's been so impressive on that team that, as you remember, had gone through a bunch of coaches before him. And he gave them stability. He's worked so well with the young players. He deserves something like this. And uh-huh. I just think it's a shame – That there couldn't be an alteration there. Is there anything in the All Star Game that you want need to see rules changes? Anything else like that besides the coaching thing this year? Um, I just
1: believe it. Something has to come into play to where it's a little more enjoyable for the guys that do make All Star because um, Mm -hmm. a lot of things going behind the scenes that you know the average fan and average person doesn't know about or isn't aware of. Uh, For those guys that like what kind of stuff, tell us. It's a lot of work, a lot of work, and especially for it to be a, a a time period of where guys are supposed to be resting and preparing to, you know, come back for that second half and finish out strong. So, uh, it, it to me, it's just kind of weird how you earn this All Star nod, but then you get even more work just to go back right. into the season and start work again. So, uh, but while everybody else is resting, it's, it's just a, it's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah. And um, you know, I can remember my situation. Um, with my uh, the year I got traded from Sacramento and New Orleans, and I remember telling oh, Steve, like I remember telling Steve, like I I don't want to play this uh, this yeah. weekend. Like I, I'm I'm tired from the season. I want to rest up and be ready to go for the second half of the season. At the time, the Kings were a game and a half out of the playoff spot. So my whole mindset was, and we had the e- we had pretty easy schedule going into the second half. So my mindset was. We're about to make this late push and we're going to make the playoffs. So, uh, so for it to be that type of a situation where I just have to totally remove myself from the weekend just to be ready for the second half, like it has to become some type of balance for these all-stars. So um, I would say that's probably one of the biggest things. Um, I'm, and I'm pretty sure every other guy that's earned that honor can you know, speak on my behalf or speak on their own behalf when it comes to just – finding a way to get a little more rest and having a little more of an enjoyable weekend.
0: I get that. I get that completely. And it does put, guys who have earned the spot and a weirdly unfair disadvantage so i i don't know what they would do about that i do think the all-star game and all-star weekend in general because it's become this just sort of big traveling circus show is good for the league i think people love Absolutely. you know the nba is a star-driven league we love seeing the stars we would like a more competitive game they've of course gone back and forth with the elon ending and then it did work and then it didn't work and now they're back to east and west and 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 the picking of the teams did work and that it didn't work and, and all the stuff. But, um, you know, I, I we've, we've talked for years about doing a one-on-one kind of thing. You know, Tracy McGrady, uh, our, our teammate here, has a one-on-one league who, uh, you know, he's been talking about how he could bring that to All-Star Weekend. I, I just, I, I understand that guys don't want to get embarrassed. But when we talk mm-hmm. about, oh, what the old school players would do versus what these players would do, I get it. We all want to talk about, you know, Michael Jordan played 90 games out of 82, you know, whatever, whatever. But you know what else he did? <laughs> he competed in the All-Star game. He yes, he, he competed in the dunk contest. Like, why are... I, I, I Boogie, you tell me, why do players not want to put anything of themselves on the line in a game like this? Why can't it just be fun?
1: Uh, I honestly... My reason behind it, I would blame it on the fatigue, on what I just said earlier. Um yeah. there's so much that goes behind the scenes of an all-star weekend. It's so much work outside of, you know, the dunk contest, the three point contest, the all-star game. Like that's the end of the day when those mm-hmm. things occur. It's right. so that's much true. things in between that between the appearances, the the meetings, the
0: the media stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's
1: just it's constant things and it's not a situation where, you know, you just want to continue to just miss out because that's not good for business. These things push so many other things that go into this business. So, uh, you know, you're you appearing at these different stops, these parties, these these business meetings, these these photos It's all of these things. It's only a push for the NBA. So obviously, you got to understand the business side of it and all of that comes with it. And that's kind of where I'm asking where's the balance as far as it being an enjoyable weekend for these All-Stars and also being able to catch up on rest to not only give 100% effort during the All-Star weekend, but also be ready to come back and finish out strong going into the second half of the season.
0: And and, you mentioned it, you had the weirdest All-Star Weekend ever, I think, in the recent history and possibly <laughs> complete history of the NBA. Um, you were playing for Sacramento. You went into the weekend playing for Sacramento. I don't remember <laughs> if the names of the teams were on the jerseys of that particular year, but if they were, you would have had Sacramento on your jersey. And the right. news broke was it the morning of the All Star game or even during the All Star game oh, that you no, had been no, no. traded? It was
1: during the All Star game.
0: During, during the game that you had been so. traded to the Pelicans. And at that time, The trade deadline was after the All-Star game. So the trade deadline had been just a few days away, and the Kings made a trade. And I remember uh, being there covering the game, and they still brought you out to have to talk to the media afterward, which I thought was <laughs> – I just felt so bad for you. I was like <laughs> – I, I mean, look, as a journalist, it, it was nice to be able to talk to you, but you appropriately didn't really answer the questions because you were so dazed, right, about what was happening. Right. And I, I just – it it didn't do anyone any good. And so I, I right. couldn't believe that you had to go out and talk after that. But yeah, you got traded during the game. And, um, <laughs> you know, that is the reason, by the way, that the trade deadline is now when it is. Because of you, they Absolutely. flipped the trade deadline and the All Star game. So, you know, it's your mark on. League history, Boogie, in addition to all your on-court accomplishments.
1: I found a way to leave my mark. <laughs> yeah.
0: All the all-star appearances, but that, that that last one was Sacramento. That was the my special little, one. My
1: small part of history in NBA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the trade deadline is, of course, this Thursday, and we have some exciting news. Uh, let me ask you a question. Would all of you out there like to spend the afternoon with a group that includes a league MVP, a finals MVP, Four NBA champions with 29 all-star appearances between them. Would that group be like a fun group to hang out with for during the trade deadline table? I think, be
1: table. A blast. I think, I think that group blast, is pretty man. good. <laughs> In
0: fact, I think that you and me, Buggy, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce— We'll all be hanging out live on the All The Smoke YouTube channel Thursday. It will start at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. It will be on YouTube. We're just gonna kick it, hang out. If there aren't any big trades, that doesn't matter because we are going to have an MVP, a finals MVP, and four NBA championships with 29 All-Star appearances shooting the shit and talking about stuff for two hours. And if there's trades, we'll be excited and we'll talk about the trades. So if you would like to hang out with us, everyone out there, please come hang out with us. We'll uh, put up a bunch of uh, stuff on on the, on the Instagram and everywhere else so you can see all the details. But I'm very excited about that. And, and I just want to preview here by asking you, Boog, which team do you think needs to make the trade the most? Who, sh- who are we going to be talking about on that day the most?
1: Oh, um, I think, I think the biggest team would probably be the Lakers. Um, obviously they have championship aspirations. Um, they're not where they, they want to be right now in the season. And, um, you know, around this time, they're always looking to make moves this time in the buyout market, but, um, mm-hmm. with the trade line trade deadline on the way, um, I can see them being a, a very active team. Um. You want to squeeze this lemon and get the most out of these years left you have with LeBron on your roster. So um, it's go time for this team at, um, at every deadline. So uh, I can see them making a the move, and uh, I would also say the Mavericks. And ironically, I think those teams should actually make a, a deal together. Um, for, I think it for makes who? oh, I mean, Delo and Kyrie just just swap them out. I, I think, I think. Hear me out <laughs> Hear me out That's
2: not good for Dallas
1: <laughs> I think it is I think I think when it comes to d I think d gives that dynamic of You know Kind of that Jalen Brunson Luka combination um, I think Luka is at his best When there is another lead guard next to him um, As far as It being more of a catch and shoot type of guy A guy that can potentially ISO And also playmate with You know with Kyrie We know he's looking to score every single time And that's just who Kyrie is uh I
0: which know, he's also, got some nice handles.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Which also moves to my next point with what the Lakers need. They need another dynamic. Um, I think Kyrie fits in perfectly with LeBron and AD. I think that's the perfect combination. And, um, I mean, obviously we can go into more details about a, a potential move. But, uh, I mean, I could see a D-Lo Rui for Kyrie. Um, the Mavs then flip it to maybe potentially looking for a guy like a Miles Bridges um, for a first-round pick or something of that nature. And uh, I think the Mavs improved tremendously over that time. Uh, Like I said, the Lakers go and they try to grab a Kyrie and uh, potentially maybe an Alex Caruso. You got Kyrie, Alex Caruso, Vando, LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis. I think both teams get better. um, And I think they're then put in a position to where they both have a chance to contend this season. So, uh, just my opinion—I could be wrong—and my gut tells me I'm right. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you're Rob Palenka, I understand why that whole scenario is appealing. If you're Nico Harrison, I would hang up on you. I'm sorry. I just—I nah. would, if I was Nico, I would hang up on you. I love you, Boog. You know that, but I would hang up the phone. Um, Kyrie Irving hit one of the greatest shots in NBA Finals history. You have plenty of evidence that he can become unconscious under the highest pressure situations. It wasn't just that game. He did it again and again and again. D'Lo, and again, really like D'Lo, and he's had a very impressive month or so. (laughs) I I really want to give him credit for that. not known as an unconscious playoff performer, or maybe he is, but not in the direction that you would want. So, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not making that deal, uh, even for D'Lo and Rui, if I'm Nico. But I, I, I like how you're thinking. I certainly think the Lakers and Mavs need to make a deal. I would make the Miles Bridges deal, of course, if that's offered, for absolute sure. Um, I think the Bucks really need to make a trade. I'm very interested to talk about them when we uh, hang out on Thursday because. They spent most of their assets for Damian Lillard. I, I still back the trade. I, I think they had to do something. Um, you know, Dame and, and Giannis had talked about playing together for a while. Giannis, as you remember in that previous month, not just was making noises about sort of, oh, I don't know, like actually talked in a New York Times article about the fact that he would consider leaving the Bucks. So I, you had to do something. And Damian Lillard is as good of a move as I think you could have come up with in that moment. Um but it left you with some defensive struggles, and they've known that all season, and we've seen it all season. Even though they're number two um, in the conference right now, and I, I just think with limited assets, they are going to have to try to do something. I, I don't know if Bobby Portis is going to get moved. I don't know what else they can do. Who else is out there? Everyone's looking for a player that can, you know, stand up defensively and still be a contributor on offense. So it's going to be hard task, but. That's that's my level of interest. Uh, you know, that's where I'm. I want to see for sure. But yeah, like, look, if that Lakers Mavs tra- Mav trade happens, Becky, <laughs> I will give you like a crown. I will give you like you know <laughs> some Taiwan just beer. My
1: just my thought. Yeah, I might be a little I'm drunk saying, off the of Taiwan be- beer.
0: <laughs> you could be proven right. I'm just, I'm hanging out on you. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let, let's go to other bets you may or may not take. It is time for I'll take that bet presented by DraftKings. Uh, will you take this bet, Boogie? The Super Bowl is, of course, this Sunday. DraftKings will have the 49ers uh, right now on the board. The 49ers are the two-point favorites over the Chiefs. Who are you taking the bet with? Are you taking the Chiefs with that, like, two-point? You know, they could, they, they got it. A- on paper, on paper are you taking the 49ers
1: on paper I'm, I'm leaning towards the 49ers I think you know they've been well even with giving the, the two points I'm taking the 49ers on paper but okay I'm gonna have to roll with Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> uh, just to handle the, the, the amount of <laughs> attention this 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 lady is receiving uh the Super Bowl has basically become about her um I don't know what kind of behind the scenes business is going on with you know this Taylor Swift and NFL combination but I'm gonna lean with Taylor Swift because this is is, is getting out of hand right now <laughs> but uh I, I think I'm gonna go with Taylor Swift on on, on, on the win uh, that's just my opinion.
0: I don't know if she's on the DraftKings betting board, but to you, she should be. It should just say 49ers versus Taylor Swift.
1: Uh, Yeah, 49ers versus Taylor Swift for sure.
0: All right. All right. Um, I, I, by the way, I want to stand up. I think that the flack that Taylor Swift has gotten has been ridiculous. <laughs> it is not her fault when the camera goes on her. Um, it is good for been good for everyone. Uh, the league and and the Chiefs have made three hundred and thirty million more dollars since she has gotten involved and started showing up at games. Um, it's been great for the level of interest with non traditional NFL fans, and the fact that some NFL fans, you know, have to see her face. Three or four times a game, it's it's not actually as much it was at the beginning, but it's not actually as much as people say it is right now. Um, You can tough it out; you'll be okay. You know, drink a beer, do do something. And those those three (laughs) or four seconds she's on the screen a few times during the game, it's okay. Three or four seconds. You don't need to see the replay for the six. Well, no, no, each time, like they don't show her for like five minutes each time, right? Like they flash to her. It's maybe what you know. I don't know, six seconds, whatever it is, and then they go back to the game. You're not, you're not having your life interrupted every time they go to her. Is my point? Um, uh, it I actually just, is I, I when you,
1: you, you've, you've, you're watching this game to watch football. You're not here to see Taylor Swift. So, in a way, you are interrupting my day. Like,
0: <laughs> okay, I when, came to when watch when football. LeBron like, James, when LeBron James shows up right at an LA Rams game, like. You show him. In fact, they show yeah, him one or sports.
1: two times. One or two times. No, they, they never show LeBron swag time. surfing. Like, that, that doesn't happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that does not happen.
0: <laughs> I, I just think the pros outweigh the cons. I think it is not that much to, to deal with. I love football. Like, football is the reason I got into this job. My entire life has been guided by loving football. It, it is literally the reason that sent me to sports journalism school, all of it. Um, I, I get it. I, I love watching the games. I get into it. I get into the X's nose. I just don't think it, it, it ruins anyone's day to see one of the most popular people in the entire world flash on the screen occasionally and know that has brought a whole new group of fans to the game who could be long-term fans. And, and I don't know if that's something that some people sort of in the back of their minds have a problem with. They don't want the game, quote, diluted with fandom by this, these new fans. But that's ridiculous because the more fans of the sport there can be, that the more great it is, the more people you can bring into the tent. I I just, I don't know. I will say this. I don't know if you saw this, but the Japanese government has gotten involved in the entire Taylor Swift situation. Um, You know that she is uh, due to give a concert in Tokyo on Saturday night. And the question was, could she get to the Super Bowl in time for Super Bowl Sunday if she was in Tokyo on Saturday night? And the answer, of course, is yes, she can, because Tokyo (laughs) is 17 hours ahead of us. So she can get done, get on a plane at midnight. It's a 13-hour flight. So she'll actually be in Tokyo Saturday night performing a concert and then get to Las Vegas when it's still Saturday night in Las Vegas and be able to get a good night's sleep and go to the game. And the Japanese government had to put out a statement assuring Japanese fans that Taylor Swift was not gonna cut her concert short, that they were gonna get oh the full God. show before she got on the plane <laughs> to go to Nevada. So you are correct. She is the headline for a lot of people for this game, but yes. I'm just, I'm gonna say, I, I i understand. And look, it's okay to have different opinions on this. I, I just want it to be okay to have different opinions on this, right? I think there are a lot of people who are finding this a lot of fun, who've gotten into football because of it. and I. I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think, you know, we got to understand there's a lot of points of view here. So this is this is how I feel. Um, we got to look at the fun prop bet at DraftKings as well. What color Gatorade boogie do you think will be dumped on the winning coach? You can actually bet on this.
1: Ooh. Uh, I might have to go with the purple. Um, Arctic Blast. Purple is a favorite. My, yeah, that's one of my favorites. So uh, I, I can see. With the with the weather conditions, the dryness of the desert, I think Arctic Blast would be perfect. Just makes sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Purple is a favorite, plus 225. Um I- I'm going with orange. I like the classic orange Gatorade has been sort of, you know, that was the, the prototype Orange Gatorade dumped on people. I'm going with orange, but we'll have to see. You and I will meet up next Monday and we will discuss how our Gatorade <laughs> okay. bets came in. You can also, I think, bet on water if you want, but water, I, I just want to give everyone a little uh, tip. Water has not actually been dumped on the coach, I think, in the last decade yeah. or something. So uh, so you can bet water if you want to, but just a tip from me to you, it is unlikely to happen.
1: <laughs> and I mean, while we we're already on this topic, it's, it's something that you know I read the other day that's really bothering me to my soul. Uh, and okay. don't get it twisted when I say this, but I'm going to start off by saying I'm a huge Travis Kelsey fan. I think he's an incredible player, dope player. But uh, when it comes to the ball fade, y'all going to have to put some respect on the culture. I, I I saw the article from the New York Times the other day where he's getting all this credit for the ball fade. And, you know, he's, you know, this is now America's hair. Like, cut the shit. Like, <laughs> I was rocking ball phase as my first haircut coming up as a young. Like ball phase has been around for years. Like this isn't something new. This isn't something that has just been created. It's just now you know Travis Kelsey is rocking something from the culture, which is cool. The culture is the culture inspires a lot with what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make sure okay. we put the credit to the culture and not to Travis Kelsey. Ball Faze has always been around. Like let's get that correct.
0: I mean, let's be honest, the mainstream (laughs) media has been getting this wrong since Elvis, right? Elvis did not invent rock and roll and the blues. I I, got to tell you. Uh, So (laughs) there have been many, many, many decades, and and I'm sure before that, of the same problem. And I didn't see that New York Times article, but that is ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, that's ridiculous.
1: Make sure we play that ridiculous clip with this, too. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous indeed, Boogie Cousins. Uh, we do need to move on to Doom Scroll because, you know, we like to check out social media, read the internet, so you don't have to. You don't have to hunt around on your feed. We will bring you the good stories. And what is a better story than an NBA player who I'm sure has so much trouble finding action, finally getting a date, right? Isn't that lovely, Boogie? <laughs> finally an NBA man, player shout, out there.
1: Shout out to Grant,
0: man. That's right, Grant Williams. <laughs> We all saw him earlier this season. In fact, it was in September when he uh, tried to shoot his shot. Uh, Mavericks player, of course, went to a Dallas Wings playoff game and was hugging and talking to Satu Sabuli after the game. There's video of this you can see in the video. And of course, the Internet never, never fails. A bunch of people were looking at the bottom of the video where you can see his hand outstretched and you can see the face of his phone and the contacts were open (laughs) to a new contact on his phone, clearly to get her number, right? So you see this happen. They're hugging, they're chatting. And this week, the Mavericks posted a photo of Williams walking into the arena, you know, one of those sort of, you know, catwalk type things. The guys are walking in and the tweet talked about how good he looked. And Sabuli pipes in on Twitter and said, "Well, he got my number."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so props to Grant. I'm happy for both of them. Props to her, right? Like that's a good. Of I love a little romance in the air. Wasn't, wasn't as well, like.
1: familiar with your gang, Brent. That's, that's I dope, know, man. man. Happy right? for you, Grant, for sure. Sometimes yeah. you got to put yourself out there. <laughs> you.
0: It's all good. Uh, there were also several tweets and IG posts this week reminding people that in living color. Is actually responsible for there being big Super, time half time, super Bowl halftime shows. Are you familiar with this, Boogie? Do you know the story?
1: I, I don't actually. Uh,
0: this is a true story. This is incredible. Is go that ahead. Super Bowl halftime shows? And, and I wanna read this because I wanna get it right. Um, this is what Super Bowl halftime shows used to be. And, and it's crazy because it's not like you and I didn't watch the Super Bowl growing up, but I don't remember this. Uh, the halftime show in 1988 featured people jazzercising. That was the halftime show. Um, In 1989, they had a magician dressed up as Elvis Presley. That was the halftime show. His name, by the way, for the record, was Elvis Presto. Ah. Um, (laughs) They had actors dressed as characters from the Peanuts just running around the field in 1990. So this used to be what the halftime show was, kind of like NBA halftimes during the regular season, uh, you know, when they just have sort of people there to entertain the fans in the arena. Everyone else is watching TV, goes to the bathroom, does whatever. So Fox, uh, which was a younger network at the time, uh, decided that they wanted to maybe take advantage of the fact that the halftime show was uh, such such a dud there. And they started to cook (laughs) up this idea that maybe they could counter-program the Super Bowl. And this had never been done before. Every network that wasn't broadcasting the Super Bowl prior to this had just been like, Okay, we're, we're basically putting bars up on the TV for, for these four hours because what's the point? And Fox, who was a little bit of a rebel in the game at that point, decided that that they could they could maybe get some viewers. Uh, apparently, Damon Wayans was part of this decision going to them, and and an executive sort of was noodling around with it, and so both of them had the idea and, and sort of went forward here. And uh, in 1992, they heavily promoted. In Living Color was going to do a special sort of guerrilla episode, right when the halftime show started, right when the, the teams broke for halftime, and they go right up into. They promise we will not, we will, we will return you to the game. We will end right before halftime. They know when the game is going to restart. Uh, you know, as as I said, the Wayans brothers, uh, Jim Carrey. I mean, you. I don't have to tell people, you know, who was on the show. I mean, it was an incredible moment, um, and, and they did it. And man, they got eleven percent of the Super Bowl viewership that year to switch over. And considering the Super Bowl viewership that year was 80 million people, that's crazy. And it became legendary that they did this guerrilla broadcast. And of course, what did the NFL do the next year once this challenge was laid out? They got Michael Jackson to be in a halftime show.
1: Not mad at that.
0: (laughs) I remember that show and the spectacle and all of that stuff. And it's funny, I don't really remember a halftime show before that. Now I know why, but isn't that crazy?
1: That's it. Yeah, I never complain about another halftime show because I could, I I, I would be upset watching the Elvis press though. I'll, I'll be honest about. It.
0: <laughs> so while y'all are watching Usher on Sunday, just be grateful to the In Living Color crew because they are the reason you have good stuff to watch. That's all I'm saying. Give them credit, as you said, Bug earlier. Give, give, give the culture some credit, right?
1: Give the culture some credit, man. Please.
0: There, <laughs> there you go. And something else you said earlier in the show. I'm giving you a heavy sigh right now. Uh, the producers have been looking online as we've been going through the show. And, and apparently some of the people out in Twitter land agree with you, Boogie, that a Kyrie for Rui and D'Lo trade would be a good idea. So you have some backing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I thought I was crazy. I'm glad to know there's other crazy motherfuckers with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still think y'all are crazy. So,
1: <laughs>
0: Nico, don't pick up the phone. Don't, don't pick up the phone for that. Pick you don't need that. Pick
1: the phone up, Nico. This is, this is beneficial for you guys. I promise.
0: <laughs> Miles Bridges, yes. <laughs> Kyrie went to a, he sat at a Lakers playoff game to see if he could engender enough interest from LeBron and the Lakers to get rumors going that they were going to sign him this summer and it didn't work. I'm just mm. saying, not going to happen.
1: It'll work now. Watch this happen. <laughs> It'll work now.
0: they said it's not going to happen. All right. You can catch all episodes of Bully Ball on the DraftKings network. I'm excited about that. The Alt Smoke Productions YouTube channel. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, go back to that podcast app, rate us, review us, give us those five stars, and we will see you, on Thursday for our live trade deadline, hangout special, whatever you want to call it. Again, as I said, I don't even care if trades happen at at that point. It's gonna be so much fun to just sit around and talk basketball for two hours with all you guys. We will catch you then and we will catch you back on Bullyball next week.
2: I'll see you Thursday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?